We are live. We are live here, episode two, bootstrapped in the trenches. Today, our theme revolves around venture capital versus bootstrapped, which we are. Uh, in our space, there's a lot going on with a lot of behemoths, behemoths being huge companies that raise a ton of money, and our, that's how we define them. We'll get to that in a bit. But we like to start our segments, which we'll be doing every week heading forward, going over everybody's Sunday night food coma, what got you to dive into one in the first place. And then what we ordered today, we're all waiting on deliveries. Part of the theme here is we wait on food. We place the order for food right when this segment starts. And then whoever gets the food first gets interrupted, gets the delivery, and then we're going to break off into a story and kind of fade off into the sunset or in this case into the blizzard with Dan and I are engulfed in in Denver as we speak here. Uh, Corey, why don't we start with you? What got you into that food coma last night? Uh, so I ordered a lot of food. I actually pulled the Mike Rollins, and then I pulled the Mike Roland plus one. So I, oh. had, three, I had three delivery orders. Um, yeah, 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 two. <laughs> I had um, this place, Al Horno, which means the oven. It's, uh, it's a healthy take on Mexican food. So I had like it was like kale, spinach, quesadillas, um, and then, and then I had like a like a healthy kind of burrito and a whole wheat wrap, and then Sarah got something different. So that was one of my order. Sarah got um, some kind of like poke bowl kind of, and then late night we were still hungry and we pulled the we just pulled the Domino's move. Yeah. I mean, I was gonna say yeah. that's that that prelude was not really a food coma. The Domino's move sounds like a Sunday night food coma. You were yeah. too healthy going into that. The thing is, I put myself in food coma by the burritos are huge. I ate that and I ate the quesadillas to myself. So I was carved up. Wow. I mean, it, it was healthy food, but I was already in food coma. Oh, yeah. Actually, I pulled a double microns. We also ordered Pinkberry. It was oh. a, yeah, it was a hell of a okay. Sunday. You must have been on the toilet for a while this morning. <laughs> Shockingly, I wasn't, but wow. typically. Man, uh, I haven't had Domino's in like probably 10 years. It's let me tell you, it yeah. was so good. They do have really good thin crust pizza. Yeah, thin crust is fire. We used to get that a lot in Bloomington. I think back in the Indiana days, it just breeds eating like crap. Being in that just environment, the college town, you just want to eat fried late night food. You know, get that. And we used to chill in high school in Lewis's barn, and we would like, <laughs> literally like get high and order Domino's when we were in seventeen years old. It was great. Yeah, there you go. That, uh, Dan, how about you last night? So it's really a whole day thing for me because Sundays my tradition is to go to Rosenberg's, which is the bagel deli. And lately, what I've been doing, I started actually. I like locks now. Love wow. locks. Yeah. Yeah, like I like locks. All of a sudden I will not eat bagels and cream cheese. Like it needs to have locks on there. I feel like I'm growing up a little. Yeah, so, that, really, that pumps yeah. me up for you, Dan. I feel like if you're Jewish and you don't enjoy locks, it's a travesty. Like I, pumped, yeah. I feel like in the last few weeks I've been going through like a lot of changes and one of them is I happen to like locks. <laughs> um, Any other food changes we should know about? Well, that's the only one I'm gonna really get into now. But basically what I've been doing is on Sundays I'll get uh, Taylor ham and egg on an everything bagel from Rosenberg's, which like they literally forgot to put in the bag. Most oh. anything ever, yeah. Did and then no, I didn't go back. I didn't realize till I got home because so I you ended up making the trip to get the rest of the food. 
No, because what I also got was I also got two sesame bagels and a thing of cream cheese and lox. Talk about uh, carb overload. I like it. I, I love carbs, you know me. So I was gonna yeah, I was gonna eat three bagels and I got home and the Taylor Ham and Egg one wasn't even there. So I had to just do those two. And then I kind of took it easy the rest of the day and ended up having this like Japanese barbecue noodle place for dinner. And it was really light. And then I indulged myself with Cold Stone and got an ice cream sundae with bananas, Oreos, fudge, the whole works. What is it with Sunday night and ice cream, do you guys think? I feel like you guys just ended on like a sweet note. You start, you just, you just go all out and then you start fresh on Monday. You know, as your brother likes to say, the diet starts tomorrow, right, Corey? Yeah, exactly. Diet starts tomorrow. Diet starts Monday. Yeah, speaking of which, last night I literally went to town, guys. I had a large Denver pizza company pizza to the face. Like literally, I ate the entire 16-inch pizza within about 45 minutes. <laughs> nice. it. Like literally without even hesitating. I probably took like four breaths. And I I worked it off this morning, but I was struggling. Let me guess, jalapenos and mushrooms. And garlic and spinach. Wow. So I like to call that getting the veggies in the fun way. You know, or, you know, sure. you might as well do it on pizza or in a burrito or a dumpling. But last night it was pizza. And then I pulled a Dan Roland and really went above and beyond. Didn't do French toast, but I had pumpkin space, pumpkin spice pancakes and a peanut butter cookie. I figured, why not just go balls to the wall here? And uh, incredible. so, yeah, it definitely hurt this morning, but I think I ran it off. And I'm, uh, I actually went healthy Corey route tonight. True Food Kitchen. I'll probably pull a Mike Rowland later, but the first order at least is I got the polenta, the cauliflower polenta. Oh, that's awesome. It's really good. And the uh, teriyaki bowl, minus the avocado. I don't like the avocado in that. It doesn't mesh well, in my opinion. So, you know, it's right down the street. It's healthy. Uh, and, you know, it should be arriving, I'd say, within 25 minutes. But with this weather, it might be more like 50. What did you guys order tonight? I went uh, Mediterranean. I did like a, like a mixed grill, chicken kebab, lamb kebab, mm. some, some brown rice, a little hummus. There we go, Corey. Yeah. Dan? I did pizza and wings. Wow, Dan, you're just, again, starting off the week hot. Well, I actually felt like yesterday I went light, and I'm just I'm starting. <laughs> Monday is the new Sunday in Dan's book when it comes to food commas. Sure, I've been taking these kickboxing classes. I'm so hungry right now. There we go. Yeah. Awesome. I've been on the edge. I was like, should I start this week healthier? Should I just go full fat since it's Thanksgiving? You might as I well. Mean, yeah, I mean, you have to go in. Yeah, like I feel like this whole week I'm just gonna indulge. I don't even like Thanksgiving food personally. I mean, I like the sides. I hate turkey, so I'm not like. Whenever I think of Thanksgiving week, I know a lot of people they count their calories. I'm more in the mindset of I'm going harder than other weeks because Thursday I'm usually the guy hungry, but at like 10 or 11 p.m. I'm yeah. like, oh, I need to eat like Chinese or something. It's crazy. I freaking love Thanksgiving. Can't I wait. Love- my favorite but I, I don't like the actual meat of the love turkey love mashed potatoes stuffing amazing i'll literally for the next three months have a full pumpkin pie in my fridge at all times i mean like, that's <laughs> why, you know, like from this point on that's what i did i, I think there's a reason you, know, you see turkey leftovers for so long because most people don't actually like thanksgiving turkey or, that or there's the most of it 
the most of it. Uh, Why is that? When you think about it, if, if it was that good, there would not be that much left. See, well, in my house it goes, but my mom's been, there's been like a turkey recipe that's been passed down. Wow, my delivery food's here. Passed down from generation. Pretty in New York, Corey. That was quick. I mean, yeah. like, first off, one. I feel like Corey might have ordered like 10 minutes before we started here. I think he cheated. Oh, we're going to have to have a talk about that. I know, but uh, the one year when, <laughs> <laughs> the one year when, uh, Deb's guy, I'm forgetting his name, made the fried turkey. Oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah. Yeah, when you fry anything, it's a different category. I mean, Agreed. that's not turkey. When you think yeah. about it, if you're frying turkey, we might as well go to KFC. At that point, that's where my head's at. Dude, I love the buzzard noise that you get at the apartments in New York. It's like so old school. Yeah, I was just thinking that. That's awesome. It gives me a heart attack every single time. <laughs> it's like a very old school. Like, it's uh, it's intense. There's well, guys, you might as well get into the brass tacks here since Corey got his food. We're heading into a new year. We're about a little over a month away from a new decade, which is insane. We're heading into 2020. And with that comes us planning ahead for a semester, you know, the winter semester when the students get back and really the year ahead when it comes to how do we really – figure out a way to grow and profit simultaneously while up against what this whole theme is about, VC money, which is venture capitalist money involves outside investors from a company funneling in a lot. It depends on the situation, but in our space, it's it's billions of dollars. We're up against competition that has raised uh, in the billions. Uh, Actually, I have the numbers here if you want them. DoorDash. All right, here's the breakdown. I'm going to just give the big three, but DoorDash has done 11 different rounds, totaling $2.1 billion. Wow. Uber has done 23 rounds. One of them was post going public, but still, and it accounts for $24.7 billion. And then Postmates was the other one I looked up, and theirs is a little bit more modest at $903 million with 12 rounds. Yeah. And Grubhub is public. Oh, yeah, I, well, I didn't even look them up because I just, I don't know why, I just wasn't as interested. And Uber is obviously public too. And we'll see, guys, what it seems like there's a lot of moving pieces in our space. For starters, what are your guys' predictions on the year ahead? Do you think there's consolidation coming? Do you think it's going to stay as is? Corey, starting with you. Yeah, I totally see consolidation coming. I mean, it just makes sense. Um, personally, I, I feel like Postmates is going to be the next one. They eat up about like 5% share of the food delivery game, at least in North America. And yeah, to me, I feel like they're the one maybe gets acquired by DoorDash. I don't know. I mean, Grubhub, their stock fell tremendously. They could be getting acquired at the same time. They're one of the only ones that are really profitable in the space right now. And they're still, they still own 30% of the market share. It's tough to say, but I think Postmates is the next one to go. If you ask me, I don't know what you guys think. It's interesting because, like, we're, I feel like we always talk about what's going on in North America, basically only. And I mean, just this week, I'm always like getting these. I look up every morning just the different news for all the different companies in our space. I saw today that Uber Eats is trying to ship their India chapter which wasn't even clear at first. Like You had to really dive in to see that they were even talking about India. At first, I thought they were talking about their whole company. But there's this company, Zomato, Zomato, yeah. Tomato, Tomato, I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, Uber Eats is apparently trying to sell to them for 500 mil. 
And I mean, I, I dug into it for a little bit and apparently in India, and I don't know, I didn't see what they do here, but in India, apparently they're only making like $2 an order. And just for comparison, we make about six fifty an order here in the States and they make $2 an order in India. And then I saw that Zomato or Zomato, uh, they make double that, and then Uber does like two hundred fifty thousand orders a day. So if you kind of do the math on that, Uber is basically doing like two hundred fifty million revenue in India, willing to ship their company for just double the revenues, which I thought was kind of interesting. I thought it was cheap. Well, you ask yourself, maybe is that part of their strategy across the board with Uber Eats is to be shipping it off in segments because it's only one part of their business. I know it's been supposedly the most profitable part of all of Uber, but the verdict's still out on that. I think we all know the economics thus far that they've laid out have made it very tough to make any money. So that would be interesting. The other thing I forgot to say that would kind of make sense with that too is that part of the deal, if they do sell to Zomato for the 500 mil, is they would also be like one of the main investors in their next round because Zomato is raising a bunch of money. So, like, part of the deal is Uber would then, you know, invest an additional couple hundred mil into them, which is kind of, I don't know, it's basically them, it's a trade off. Yeah, I just read that same article and I saw even like Uber Eats is still not profitable here in the United States as well as elsewhere. I think they're still they still lost hundreds of millions of dollars based on the article I was reading. It was saying that Grubhub is really the only profitable one so far. Yeah, I think these new companies gambled on automation coming sooner than it is. And it's leading to pretty much a precarious situation for what these companies are going to do because something has to give. And you know, you can only offer these discounts to the consumer for so long. We're, we're going to be seeing at some point soon, these investors have to make their money. So it'll be interesting to see what gives in that arena. Is it going to be more on the customers, more on the restaurants? Grubhub and Uber already charge restaurants north of 30%. So, you know, you have to think that's going to be going to the consumer. Mike, what I think is interesting is that, and I feel like most people don't really talk about this or even know about it, is how so many of the time, so much what happens is the same investors are behind the same companies. It's crazy, like the whole SoftBank situation. And like, I feel like if we weren't so attached to the space, we wouldn't even know how much that happens, where basically you have firms that go all in on an industry and they'll basically find companies that are competing that are both crushing it and they'll invest hard in both of them. And that's where you look at, like, literally right now with SoftBank, they're, I think, the biggest shareholder in Uber and DoorDash. So you ask yourself, you know, what are they doing? They're just literally burning money trying to compete with each other. So you got to think there's something going on behind the scenes there. You would think that's a, some kind of a hedge and they'll turn into one at some point. Maybe Uber eats dishes off to DoorDash or vice versa. And uh, yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing to think about with where our space is right now. And from, from our perspective too, you know, we're right now in a dozen markets trying to navigate how can we really optimize our efficiency and grow, but also be profitable, which is extremely difficult to think about when we're up against these companies that over the past three to five years have really been just all out growing at all costs where they haven't cared about making money we're not in that business. We've you've listed off all the money that all these companies have raised. We've raised a total of zero. So we have to be way more wary when it comes to how we're looking at 
market share and what, what we can do to earn it. And do you guys think that that's a thing, earning loyalty in our space still? Because it seems like you hear the CEO of Grubhub on their last earning call, earnings call talk about users being more promiscuous. I don't really agree with that in our arena personally. I think they are way more than they used to be. But there's no doubt from what we've seen, there's a such thing as community building hands-on that wins. Uh, what, what do you guys think the state of the industry is in, in that notion right now? Yeah, I think competition is obviously great for the customer. And they're obviously the ones benefiting right now. They're getting all the deals. And at the end of the day, I was just reading an article. It was like this guy wanted a pizza place. He was looking at all four services in terms of you know DoorDash, Grubhub, Seamless, well, obviously Seamless is Grubhub, but uh, Postmates and Caviar. And they all delivered the exact same one, except he had a coupon for Caviar. So he chose that and obviously used that, but he has no loyalty to any of the other four. He was just trying to get whatever's cheapest for him. Uh, so yeah, right now everyone's just spending money trying to gain the masses, but no one's really loyal in our space. But I think with us, uh, we gain loyalty. We're first to market. We've been doing this for so long. And I think you know when people check us out, we're a family-run business, and I think they love that. And that's the one advantage, if any, that we have in this space. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with Corey. I think part of it is when companies have a lot of money at their disposal, they don't need to necessarily worry about the things that build loyalty as much as just doing these mass impressions to try and get people through the door. And that really applies to any industry. But when you think about what situation you're in when you don't have money, you're forced to relationship build. And when you really look at the landscape of just businesses in general today, very few of them have faces behind the names, have stories, have reasons for people to be loyal. So unless you have such a superior loyal product, like for example, Apple, Apple's going to be loyal because like we all love just using it and like, you know, it would take such a disruptor to come in. But I think even part of the reason we're doing this podcast and something that we're going to definitely focus more on in 2020 that, you know, we haven't done as much in the past is trying to create more of faces behind our brand where people do feel a sense of loyalty because they just get to know us more. And that's the advantage we have is there's no reason for national companies to do it. There's enough people to pull from. But for us, you know, for example, maybe people start to listen to this and they're like, oh, those guys are kind of cool. We should order food from them instead of the competitors, things like that. Yeah, I think it, there's definitely an opportunity for us to be humanizing this space, hyper-local. And these platforms, the things social media really allows us to do if we're actually spending the time on these platforms and putting in the time to best with building this content in different ways. It, it's just a cool way to engage with people and entertain them and inform them. I, you know, There's a time to consume, a time to create, and we're all both. And for us right now... I think we're in a space where there's so many consumers and we can really stand out by being the creators, not just, you know, the deals will only last for so long as we know, yeah. like you said, Corey, a great point. The customers are winning right now when it comes to the space and the competition, but it's a cycle. And uh, I personally think we're heading towards the end of these red seas, which, you know, when I talk about red seas, it's all the competition going all out, whatever they have to do, whatever they have to spend. We've a, been in a bull market for so long. A CJ term. A CJ term. Chris, <laughs> guy who got a great exit 
out of the space a few years ago. But no, he was right in the fact that, you know, we're hoping the Texans are parting. Uh, you know, our team hoping to be part of a Moses trend here a, a new decade because we've seen competition for so long and I think it's built up all of our resilience. I also think we're very biased off of being in this space for so long. We see news and we think everyone's so all in on it, whether it's a DoorDash lawsuit, uh, Uber getting out of it and, you know, a certain market or being banned from something. Do people actually care? That, that's really what I want to ask you guys. Do you think anybody is it? Maybe there is a tainted brand from DoorDash deceiving customers for a long time. Do you think there's somebody out there that's not using DoorDash anymore because of that? So I have mixed feelings about this because in reality, I really don't think people care at all outside of people in the industry. But I did overhear people talking at Starbucks, and I don't know if those are those are providers or dashers or whatever. And they were like, like talking about the exact thing with DoorDash in DC, um, where they were like kind of taking wages and covering them up, whatever it was. And they were like, "Yeah, I'm never using DoorDash again. I'm going to use Uber." So that, I, I heard that, and I was just like, "Interesting. Maybe people are more focused in on that than I thought." But in the grand scheme of things, I think people really don't care. At the end of the day, consumers are just winning. I think unless you're in this industry, people really don't give a shit. And that goes the same with most industries. And yeah, look at you there, my bad. Dad. I just want to highlight there. What do you think? They're they're making a bold statement. I'm never using this company again. But are they yeah. using them when they get a discount in an email an hour later? Exactly. Yeah, I don't believe that. Like, I don't think companies really care unless it's like a complete political thing where, you know, years ago you had the delete Uber campaign where people really were, you know, pretty furious at the company and but those started people whole, deleted Uber. You think they're all gone still? Like they've just No, stopped. I don't. That's what I'm saying. Like it was like a short term thing and now they're back to using them. At the end of the day, they these services provide a convenience for people and they're going to use them when needed. So people have short-term memories when it comes to convenience. Yeah, it's also we're definitely like monitoring the news and monitoring the space. And you know, who really loses when there's lawsuits or the investors, the companies? Like, if who, which one, which company got sued for like 650 mil? Was it Grubhub or was it DoorDash? Well, DoorDash but, is being sued as we speak by the Attorney General in Washington D.C. Yeah, so I mean, when you look at it, like the amount of money that they've raised, if a hundred mil of that ends up going to a lawsuit, the people losing are just them and well, the customers. That, I and feel everybody. Like everyone's losing at that point. Like, I also. What are you, you're raising money to just fight lawsuits? It's like what's going on here? I also yeah. think it's like partly our not our responsibility, but like part of what can help our company is presenting these types of situations, kind of like we're doing now, in a way where you know people are understanding like what's actually going on behind it and why they're getting sued. Like the DC general thing that's happening in DC. They're basically suing people on the customer's behalf. So, like, what's been happening is DoorDash literally for a while now is accused of basically stealing the customer tip. 26 and, months straight. Yeah. And there was a lot of things going on on Reddit where drivers would come out and basically say, like, hey, if you want to tip us, don't do it through DoorDash because we don't see it. Do it in cash, blah, blah, blah. So, basically, the tip is on behalf of the customer because when you go on DoorDash, if you tip $5, as a customer, you think it's going to the driver. And if it's not, there's clearly a huge thing behind it. And no, I just wanted to like comment before you even asked that question on what we were talking about before with going into the year and deciding, you know, what we're going to do to be profitable and grow. It's just even like talking this out 
and understanding that like there's clearly a need to have more of a human connection and like basis behind the brand. Maybe we kind of bring that into our decision making. And when we look at all the different things that we could spend money on as a company, we kind of look at it and it's like, okay, is this something that allows us to have connections with our customers and have bases behind the brand. And that kind of goes hand in hand with like why we just asked Google, which we just talked about on that blog. And, you know, obviously there were different reasons behind that. It just wasn't helping us, but maybe that's like how our company should start thinking is if a decision isn't going to be like a direct human to human thing where people like understand who we are as the people behind the company, then we shouldn't be spending money on it. Yeah, I agree with you. There's no doubt we've seen for the last 14 years what's gotten us the earned loyalty is that hands-on guerrilla marketing tactics, which are human touch approaches. And, you know, you could call it a local political campaign if you want or whatever, really. It's about people being people and being able to have a face behind a name in an era where there aren't many companies that do that. And I think that's what's cool about what we're doing here is showcasing we are in the trenches and up against, it's a very unique situation because I don't think there's, of course, there's many competitive industries, but I can't think of a more lopsided David versus Goliath situation that exists in our country than we're in right now, personally. I mean, I was one, I was thinking about that today. I was wondering because like how many situations are similar that we're just so not attached to that we don't know. And you're probably right. There's probably not that many. I not, you know, when you think about the different industries and the, the, the way they are, our industry just happened to get hot at a certain point in a whole nother level of investing that's never even been seen. In the yeah. World. I mean, the bottom line is the way it boils down is when you are the first shaker in an industry, which we arguably were in a lot of our markets, eventually enough people who have a lot of money see that there's money to be made in an industry and then the money pours in. And I think something that, you know, not, I don't want to say that we didn't necessarily see it coming because we kind of did, but you kind of have to know when you're doing something and it's working really well and you're making money and you're the only one doing it. Eventually someone's going to come in and spend a lot more money than you to try and offer it for a little bit cheaper and do it for a little bit better. And that's like literally what we're up against right now is that happening. And the thing will be interesting is we've now, you know, you would think we've seen all of the competition that we're going to see knock on wood, but uh, you know, at this point, the novelty effect been there. It's you would uh, expect in our situation now is when we can have a turning point in our company where we can meet to market anybody that's been hit by them and give them a reason to be supporting us. So that's yeah. really going to be interesting. I think in this next st- stage for us, with us being so hammed in together, hammered in on storytelling and content creation can we win hyper-locally with these audiences? I got a funny thing. I say we put Corey on the spot for something in a second, and then I got like two things I want to tell you guys that like I just found out today that are kind of cool. I say, no, just Corey, like right now, because you know we, we, we just started this podcast. We don't have any advertisers yet, and they're going to be flooding in. Like, let's be real. You know, but what, like, right now, you should just do a sample of what an ad is going to sound like for low, like a low Dell's the advertiser. Let's hear it. Let's hear what you got. Do, do a 15 <laughs> second ad right now for low Dell. And just so anybody knows, like Corey's getting put on the spot hard right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ready? Are you hungry? <laughs> Are you in, 
Well, let's start this over. Hold on. All right, we're starting. Give me, give me like, give me like, let's keep talking. Give me one, like, a couple minutes to think it over, okay. and then I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it when you guys are least expecting it. I like that. All right, I'm gonna. T- I'm, all right, so I was talking to Anthony today, and you know how I was talking to you guys about like that whole texting thing. Yeah. All right, I'm going to just bring that up on here because it's cool, and I'm just curious if anyone ends up listening like to get feedback on it. But basically what we were talking about doing is allowing people – because like what we've seen is when people order through us, for the most part, like they order the same things over and over again. And there's three, four, maybe five meals that they kind of rotate through. This isn't everybody, but it's a lot of the customers. And our system is already set up where it like favorites those orders and things like that. So we were thinking it would be cool to basically allow you – to organize your favorites in a way where you could text in a keyword to our number and it would just automatically order that for you. So like, for example, this Brooklyn pizza place that I've been ordering a lot in Denver and I get like the same three things, which are cinnamon nuts, wings, and pizza. Oh, yeah. If, yeah. <laughs> if that was one of my favorite meals and I set it to cinnamon, I could just text cinnamon to this number and it's going to automatically order that meal. And like I could open the app at any time. And it's like something that's being worked on now that I think we're going to be able to do. I love so, that. Yeah. And like, obviously we're going to have to have a lot of brainstorming sessions of like how we're going to incorporate into the app and design related things, but it's cool. So now it's Corey's turn to do this. And then I got the next thing that you guys will love too. Okay. So I'd say, are you hungry? Are you feeling lazy? Is your couch really, really comfortable? Is it freezing outside? Let Lodell do the work. We're a local family run business with top tier technology operating in Colorado, Arizona, Texas, New Mexico, uh, Fargo, uh, and Indiana. And we're just a click away, get anything delivered, takeout, delivery, on demand. Let Lodell be your choice. Da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and I'm going to just throw in that Utah is also yeah, I was one of our states. I, I was waiting for Utah. Yeah, yeah my bad. Nice. There we go. Yeah. So then the other thing is apparently we're like a couple of weeks out from having the, and this is something that we should talk about a little, cause there's a lot of cool ideas we could do with this, but the loyalty point thing that Corey was talking about. So like the way Anthony was originally doing it was more like punch card style. And then we had these conversations about how some other companies do it and how it'd be cool to be like more of a digital thing where all of a sudden you have 500 points and you could use the points for things. And we're definitely going to like be able to go into the new year with that system. And it's going to be sick. I think we have points for like certain menu items, like have it like reward, like, you know, where people can earn points for a free, popular like a burrito or a pizza slice and it'd be cool if we get a few of our top clients to be down to offer you know items for customers that are in points just using us a lot yeah it's honestly crazy like in new york i have every option available as do most places now but i use delivery.com which in my opinion i think has the worst technology out of all the big players shout out to dad (laughs) (laughs) i consider them a big player (laughs) I don't know if everyone has them, but I consistently use them because they're the only ones that gives me points. You know, the other ones I get coupons from, but I get coupons from delivery.com too. They also do alcohol and laundry, which is makes it a little bit more convenient. Do you um, actually use them for laundry or are you using them strictly because of the points for food? I I have used them for laundry, but all they do is it's pretty much like type one. They just connect you to, you know, a local laundry mat. They come pick it up and that's it. 
They love to so, type I mean, it's just I don't get that person. But the, I mean, yeah. So, yeah. I think they're just based in a no, lot I, of I love that have type one restaurants. It's, that's yeah. I think the point system is just we're all by nature gamers, humans. Like it's all you know. We like building things. So when you think about it, being able to add points. Like if you remember our early days with loyalty cash kickbacks, people love that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. If, you, if you're like one of us who orders delivery frequently, then it just makes sense because I mean I'm constantly getting kickbacks all the time. Like when you order a thousand times a year. I also, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's insane. I also think there's like ways that we could make this more of like a social thing and also completely build on it. So what I was thinking would be cool is, all right, yeah, like at first, obviously the points are basically going to be for like free menu items or free delivery or even credit. And you're going to get the points from like ordering on our site. But it would be cool if you could also get the points from doing other things. So like, for example, Mike, I know back in the day you were talking about having people submit pictures. Maybe there's a page where you could submit pictures and you can get pictures pictures of food. And then maybe we could think of like, cool social things in the town that like create people to or trigger people to like do things in their community in exchange for points on our site and i think that could help separate us out and then also it would be cool if since we're smaller you know you look at a town like boulder for example you use your points for menu items you could use your points for free delivery or credit but then maybe you also could use your points to Buy a ski pass for the year, or go buy a bong from the fitter. Kind of you know? like a special uh, booklet, by, like in a way, when you think about what they did with the local coupons, it might going to get the food at the door. Yeah, like, are we like? I was saying, how sick would it be if, like, I mean, obviously it would take so much money to do this, but if someone could, a college student in B Town or Boulder or any of our markets, can win a spring break, and then they're like, listen, if I'm going to spend money on food delivery i might as well use this one site because i could win a spring break package or like a plane ticket or something like that i'm totally with you man and even if like it's a one all right let's like do the math on this let's say it's a one percent kickback like ultimately because that's what it seems to be what it does so yeah like if you're somebody who is ordering food using your parents credit card or whatever and you see that there's like a store and you're starting to accumulate points and you go to the store and yeah like if you want you can cash out it's kind of like the full tilt back in the day i used to play the online program it was the same way it's like you can use the points to get into a free tournament which would be like equivalent to a free delivery or you could like know you're going to be playing poker for years and then use the points for the mini cooper <laughs> you know what i mean Dude, seriously but especially yeah. in our markets where like students are obviously there for four or five maybe even six years and then instead of cashing out their five thousand points every single you know couple of weeks or month and getting a five dollar coupon they keep saving that and then they'll be able to cash out a sick prize over the you know the time, and then they just continue using us because of so, that. So spring break, let's think about this for a second. Like, all right, maybe 15, a flight, maybe a flight. No, but I like it. Fifteen hundred dollars spring break. You'd have to spend a hundred, like with the one percent kickback, hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, maybe we do it where we they were, are rewarded <laughs> for saving for not using it. Where I want to know who's up for spending 150 grand on our site over the next four years. I mean, let's do it. <laughs> I could do some kind of weird thing where they're rewarded for not spending it. No, that's what we're talking about. We're basically saying that like we have 
little things that you could redeem your points for but similar to like when we used to play full tilt and there was that mini cooper you can get you know like if you go to the store you'll see that there's bigger prize points so if you ultimately are ordering and you order 200 times eventually you're going to have enough points to like actually get something pretty sick and maybe it's like a ski pass for the year which is 550 bucks which would mean that you have to spend about you know $55,000 on our site, which literally by the time you're a junior, if you're using our site very consistently, like that's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We think about the breakdown that we might be, it'd be cool if we can actually get some, you know, places to hook us up with some free set where we don't have to charge, do it in that, you know, type of an extent. Yeah, no, you're right. They could do it as like promotions. We're not paying for the full amount. We're giving them insane exposure. No, you're right. And then we could also do things where like, you know, in the past we've done eat cheap weeks, maybe instead we do weeks where like the loyalty instead of it being 1% or however we describe it goes up to 10% for the week. And you're just getting like insane point buildup yeah, like during surge, that week. Like surge pricing for customers in a way where it's surge referrals. Yeah. Points. Yeah. I love how we could localize it for each market where we kind of customize it around each market. I just think that's that- cool that – yeah, really yeah, cool. Other, other brands can too. Yeah, if we could figure out a way to have like surge referral codes where it's like there's like certain times where people are more motivated, enticed to just push us. I think that's a really interesting marketing tool that would pop in our app. Yeah, we should uh, tomorrow in our team meeting. Well, maybe not tomorrow because I don't want to like get ahead of when it's actually going to be done. But at some point we should talk about pinpointing like the top five businesses in each market that it would be cool to like associate with where when you go to our store, we're like carrying things from them. Obviously Boulder's a given with the ski pass type stuff because people are just obsessed with like that. REI, places like that. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the, like the small gifts, we can give out like promo items like Buffs t-shirts and things like that. Like people yeah. still love that, especially when we run out. People are always asking us for more t-shirts. You're right. We could actually make like cooler stuff that people are able to like get just because they're spending more on it that we're not even getting exactly. out like a jacket. You know, yeah. like who wants a sick Lodell jacket? You know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Cool. Golf tees. Golf tees. Yeah. I remember I mean, those I, those mile high menus, basketball jerseys you made or soccer ones Those were awesome. Yeah. Dude, I have so much like mile high, low Dell, hungry buff athletic gear. It's crazy. Like golf pullovers. I mean, not that much, but from like years ago. It's uh, I want to get stuff. Oh, hoodie. Yeah. Like a cool one. We should get sick. I think we should get sick. uh, We should get sick holiday hoodies made and like do like a photo shoot together. That'd be, that'd be so funny. <laughs> we should go to like the glamour shots in one of these malls. <laughs> do, like, I agree. A- yeah. Well, that'd be actually hysterical. Like at the Christmas tree in New York. Right. And we should just, yeah, we could send a holiday we card out. All Jews in front of a Christmas tree. And we could, yeah, we could, could like take a couple photos with like Santa at a mall. And then we could like do a photo shoot <laughs> where we're like all like biting into foods and actually do like a professional photo shoot where it's just like sick photos for, you know, if this podcast, when this podcast blows up and people are like, who are these guys? And they click. And we're just like looking all snazzy in our yeah. suits, like taking bites into hamburgers. <laughs> It'll be yeah. great. I like it. Uh, on, that, on that note, my food is here. Well, guys, that wraps it up. It's been a great second episode here. Enjoy your dinner, and we will catch you next week. Get into a food coma on Thanksgiving. Catch you next Monday.
Felt like this was a really good one. Great one. Yeah, yeah real yeah. quick. Where are you guys uh where are you going for Thanksgiving? You're staying in Colorado or yeah. Cousin Deb. Cousin Deb. It's mommy cool. time. I'm just going home to my parents. Actually, my sister's house in uh Rarenson. Uh Rarenson, yeah. Nice. There we go. That's a podcast. This is pretty legit, I think. Yeah, this is much better. I like this a lot. It's also oh, easier. Yeah. It's a lot easier to determine when someone's Where's going. Where's young man? You said? Yeah, well, it, it makes him much better to coordinate. That's true. A young man hasn't said one word. All there he is. What's up, pal? I should have had him sitting here the whole time. Seriously, the man's been on the couch for like 14 years now. Yeah, he has been in such a good mood lately. It's crazy. Well, wow, on the call, we just got a, a new boulder sign up. Boom, baby. There we go. I love, I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I 